Today's scripture reading comes from Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a pitch dark land, light has dawned. You have made the nation great. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as those who divide plunder rejoice. As on the day of Midian, you've shattered the yoke that burdened them, the staff on their shoulders and the rod of their oppressor. Because every boot of the thundering warriors and every garment rolled in blood will be burned, fuel for the fire. A child is born to us, a son is given to us, and authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be vast authority and endless peace for David's throne and for his kingdom, establishing and sustaining it with justice and righteousness now and forever. The zeal of the Lord of heavenly forces will do this. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. It is good to be able to share God's word this morning. Um, I realize I was trying to be festive this morning in my attire, and I realized with the trees in the back, the red and black flannel and the vest, that I kind of look like a lumberjack. Um, I look like the guy in the paper towels, the brawny guy. Um, whatever, it's fine. Um, it's just something that I just realized. But anyway, um, it's good to be able to, to share God's word and to enter into this final sermon of the semester. You know, um, as we've been um, talking with, uh, through the Old Testament with our chapel preaching team, we have discovered uh, the ways that God has been faithful throughout the Old Testament, throughout these particular people um, in Scripture as we've gone through from the beginning of Genesis uh, and, and kind of moved through uh, right now as we're kind of moving into the prophets and as we're in Advent season. And so we began our time uh, with the beginning of time, that, that God not only brought all things into being and said that there will be light, but that God was also faithful and present even in the chaos that the spirit of the Lord hovered over the darkness and the void and promised to be present even in that moment, even before light had come. We've talked about the journey of Abraham and Sarah, that this older couple were asked to walk by faith into a land that was unknown, a land that, was, uh, that they had no idea what it would have or how far it would be, but they were asked to walk in faith. And they were told that they would be a parents of a great nation, greater than the stars in the sky. And, and they waited for a long time for God's promise to come and even decided to take matters into their own hand. And yet God continued to invite them into deeper trust, deeper faith, because these people would become a blessing not only to them, but be a blessing to all people. That was part of God's plan. We, we talked about Moses and the journey of God's people as they went through the wilderness after being freed from slavery, 
that God provided all of their daily provisions, gave them manna, gave them quail, gave them a cloud to cover them during the day, a pillar of fire to guide them at night, rock, uh, water through a rock, all of the, the, the daily provisions that God provided in those moments. He gave them laws for them to abide by and told them that uh, these are the ways that I'm inviting you to be a holy people, a people that, is, that are set apart so that they can be representatives and be distinct and different from all the other nations. We talked about Joshua, this idea of being courageous. Be very strong and courageous to not be afraid, for the Lord your God will be with you. Just like I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So step into courage. And lastly, we focused on David with Josue speaking to us not too long ago uh, of this idea that God chose an unlikely, ordinary person to be the king. That David was called a man after God's own heart. And that uh, this idea that we also need to be people who are after God's own heart and that God would establish a kingdom through David, through his line, and that this Kingdom that David would be uh, living into wouldn't be living into its fullness, but it would point to even a greater kingdom, a greater king to come. That this kingdom will have no end. And in this morning, we find ourselves in Isaiah, one of the prophets, 700 years before Jesus is born, before the coming of Jesus, and he is hinting of what is to come. Our very first chapel, we started with this verse in Hebrews chapter one that said these words. It said, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and at various ways. And it continued with these words saying that in the final days that he would speak through a son. That's beautiful to hear because the prophets were the one who were speaking God's truth to God's people. But he said that in the latter days that he would be speaking through a son. It echoes actually the words in the first verse of this passage in Isaiah chapter 9 that says that there will be gloom, there will be darkness for those who are in anguish. But in the former time, God brought into contempt over the land. But in the latter time, so it has both the before and the after, but in the latter time, God will make a glorious way. That the, 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 the prophets are hinting at something that is to come. It's as if to say when you feel despaired and you feel lost, that God has another word. That God is yet not finished. That even though we feel like we are in the darkness, that God says, wait, I have hope. And have hope because I am faithful. You know, my wife follows an Instagram account um, about, uh, and it's a woman who lives in the uh, kind of like the Arctic Circle area. She lives, um, I, I believe the, 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 uh, the city or the town is actually controlled by the government of Norway, but it is a, like a multinational uh, uh, group that lives in this village, and they live in the Arctic. And she shows videos of kind of like the way that kind of the darkness and the light kind of like fluctuates. But then also there are moments where there is tons of light, but there are times where there is tons of darkness, there's actually an extended period of darkness. And actually, uh, Shireen, uh, a while back ago, showed me a video of this woman uh, videotaping the very last sunset before this extended time of darkness. And you could hear in her voice 
this loss, this grief of just seeing the sun go down and understanding that it would be a while until it would come back up, until she would be able to see, be see, uh, see light again, to witness the last glimpse of the light sinking into the night. And the following day, she accounts that during the, like, during the times that we, we would expect light to be bright and the day should be nice and sunny, she's actually showing me like videos like, hey, this is no- noon, this is 3 p.m., and it is complete darkness. It's pitch dark. And they don't see light from October all the way to March. The darkness is immense. It gets extremely cold. The winter gets prolonged. And as this person shares their experience, you can hear this restlessness of living and waiting in darkness. But then the light finally breaks in and there's this sense of just relief. There is hope. Even the smallest hint of light brings hope and joy and ultimately peace to a soul that is in despair. The Bible says this in this Chapter 9 of Isaiah, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a pitch dark land, the light has dawned. The dawning of the light tells us that there is a turning point. There's a dramatic change, that, there, that things will no longer be the same. That darkness and winter have ruled for a while, but it will no longer exist when the light comes. When the light breaks in, hope and joy and peace just take over the space. Fear is driven away, and the love that remains is the new way of life. One of my favorite books is, uh, actually movies for that matter, is uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, based on the book of uh, C.S. Lewis, um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And in this book, uh, the white witch is the one who rules in constant gloom, constant winter. Uh, there, There is little life that you could see there. There's just trees with just full of snow, and there's little light. Because of the witch's rule, Narnia is, is in constant, constant winter. And yet, they hold on to hope for Aslan, the, the, the Lion King, the, the, this king who will bring back and, and can breathe things back into life. They are waiting for him because hints of spring come when Aslan is there. One of my favorite quotes is this. It says, wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When when he bares his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. The people walking in darkness have seen of great light. On those living in a pitch dark land, light has dawned. Jesus is that light. And the light breaks through the darkness in the most unlikely way. A child, a baby. Actually, in Spanish, the word that we use when someone gives birth is the phrase dar luz, right? It literally means to give light. That light breaks through the darkness, When this baby comes, God's light tells us that there's a new way of being that will emerge through this baby. 
Not born in places of power, not born in the palaces, not born in places of power and authority. Uh, The good news is proclaimed not to kings and officials, but in the chorus of angels shining a light in the darkness to lowly shepherds. The ways of powers that existed in winter and in darkness will be dismantled and demolished. And the way of peace will come in in the most humble and vulnerable ways. The passage continues by saying, a child is born to us, a son is given, and the authority will be upon his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be a vast authority and endless peace for David's throne and his kingdom. The old ways of power, the old ways of authority are not the eternal ways. Authority will be on his shoulders, the one who teaches us this way of radical love, this way of radical peace. Jesus, Jesus, the one who says, come and follow me because I am the way and the truth and the life. The verses we just read says that this child will be named uh, these different phrases. And it starts with this one, wonderful counselor. I like that it starts there because it it tells us that Jesus is there to teach us a new way. A counselor guides us. A counselor helps us to understand maybe some of the, the, the destructive patterns that we have in our own lives. Maybe perhaps because we've been living in the winter and in the night so long that we've created these patterns that are destructive and are not good and don't lead towards life but the one who calls himself the wonderful counselor is with us, teaches us his way of peace and love and truth and hope, teaching us what it means to actually live in the light. And we have to be honest with ourselves that living in the darkness, we have lived in the darkness And we need transformation because we've had patterns of sin and death and destruction in our lives. And so we need confession and repentance. And when the light breaks through, it not only illuminates all the things that are around us, but it illuminates who we are. It illuminates the patterns and the ways that we need to change. When the light breaks through, we are exposed. But the light tells us that the former things are gone. The darkness is driven away. The winter is melting away. And a new era has become through Jesus, the wonderful counselor. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness because I have the light of life. Whoever follows Jesus won't walk in the darkness because we follow the light. This also means that the light breaking into the darkness is not only for me, but it's for all. I am the light of the world. It changes me. It changes everything around me because I am also not only saved from darkness, I am saved to be a light as well. When we have Jesus, the light of the world, living in us, we are now reflectors of that light in our world. Jesus continues. He not only says, I am the light, but he also says this, you are a light in the world. 
You are the light of the world. A city on the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on a lampstand. It shines on all who are in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before people so that they may see the good things that you do and praise your Father who is in heaven. We not only have the light in us, Jesus is not only shining the light in the darkness, but Jesus is shining through us. The one who says, I am the light, now lives in us and through us. The one whose name is the Prince of Peace now lives in us and through us. The light of life, the light of peace is living in us as we follow Jesus. And now we know that life in the darkness was messy. We know that life in the darkness was full of pain and hurt and brokenness and fear and guilt and shame. And we are saved to be a light. And this means just as light breaks in, as carriers of the light, we are also supposed to enter into hard places where darkness still remains. Peace is often misunderstood as non-engagement. When I think about um, even the peace the ways that I want to have peace with people that I'm in relationship, many times my way of being in peace is just to like, just stay back. Not my business. I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to enter in. That's the way that things stay chill between me and you. And yet, the way of peace, the way Jesus enters in and gives us peace is so different. It says in John chapter one that the word was made flesh and made his dwelling among among us, that Jesus enters in, that God becomes flesh and enters in into the messiness, even becomes the messiness of us so that we can be reconciled to God and to one another. And as people who are followers of the light, people who are a people of peace, we do the same thing. It is non-engagement. If anything, we enter in more. We engage more. We enter in into the mess and the brokenness, into the hard places. We are called to follow the footsteps of Jesus. We are called to be people who walk in the light as he is in the light. To bring restoration and reconciliation. To be at peace with God and to one another. You know, one of my favorite songs in this season is Oh Holy Night. I love it just because it just has that kind of like just movement, you know, oh, holy, it's just beautiful, right? It has, it almost has like a waltzy kind of feel to it, right? Um, but th- there is a part that really convicts me every single time I sing it. It says, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel, the good news, his gospel is peace. His gospel is peace because we see that there is a God who enters in to have peace with humanity and enters in into the messiness and the brokenness and sits in and is faithful because of God's great love for us. Because we have seen that all the way from the very beginning. 
that God has been the one who sits in the messiness before the light breaks in. And as the light breaks in, as the dawn comes, God enters into the messiness to be a light for us, to be the one who brings peace. Jesus calls us to be bringers of peace. He says that we are to be peacemakers. Peacemaking is not a call just for some. It's not just for some Christians, but it is part of our identity as people who belong to God. We not only proclaim the gospel of peace, we have to embody it. Matthew says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. When we take on that identity as a child of God, our identity is one who are people who bring in peace. The light has broken in the darkness. The light offers us peace and invites us into a life of peace. Many, many times when we just turn on the light in the darkness, there is an overwhelmingly sense of peace in our lives. I, I remember uh, uh, when I went to um, one of the caverns in Sequoia National Park, uh, I'm a big, just, I, I don't like being in the dark. It, it just, just scares me a lot. My wife likes to uh, play games with me uh, and say, and just basically turn off the light and she'll just like sit in the corner of the room and just let me just like scare myself with the suspense. And she'll just, and, and, but always when the light turns on, something happens, I get relaxed. I remember going into the caverns once and we go into this place where there is just complete darkness. And um, they ask us to turn off all of our headlamps, all of our flashlights. And I remember just being in total darkness. You could feel the darkness, almost like you could taste it. It's just so thick, it's just there. And it, it, for a moment, it just like overwhelms you and scares you. And I remember that um, there was, for some reason, uh, I just forgot that I had my Fitbit watch on me. And I happened to just turn it on and it was the smallest little light, the smallest light. And I just happened to turn my wrist and the light comes on and it just illuminated the whole room. A small light. Something that would, in, in, in the scheme of things with all the other lights would feel so insignificant. But in the darkness, feels so immense. We, in the little ways and in the big ways, are asked to be people who bring peace because of the light that we bear. That we are bearers of the light in this world. That we are people who follow in the way of Jesus. The light has broken in the darkness. And this light offers us peace and invites us into a life of peace. And so this morning, as we anticipate the Prince of Peace to come, as we anticipate the light to break forth in our life, perhaps we can reflect on these couple of things. Maybe ask, what are the places in my life that I need peace? What are the places in my life that feel the gloom of darkness and our need for light to break in? What are the ways that hope needs to break through in me? particularly as we think about moving into these next few weeks, as we move into places of going back home or wherever we're gonna be, what are the places that the light needs to shine just a little bit brighter? And also, as followers of Jesus, so that we could be more faithful and walk with him closely, 
How is God inviting me to be a peacemaker? How is God inviting me to enter in into the messiness of our world to be a people of peace, people who bring in the light and the darkness? How am I being invited to be in the light and also to be the light for others? The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in pitch dark land, a light has dawned. We have these beautiful services coming up in, the, in, this, in this coming week. We have our candlelight service happening on Wednesday. I would invite you to come on Wednesday as we uh, continue in this moment where we receive the light of Christ and see the way that the light comes in the darkness. We're gonna have a beautiful service in time out on Thursday and it'll be great. And so as we continue to be people who wait for the coming kingdom of Christ to be in us and be fulfilled in us, may we wait with hope knowing that God is with us. Can we stand and let's pray. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your love and for your grace and for your mercy upon our lives. God, we thank you that a light has dawned. A light has broken through in the darkness. And so we pray, God, that the light of the world, Jesus, may enter in into our lives. Help us to wait with hope and anticipation and expectation of what you can do in our lives, that you can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, that we can be transformed in new ways, that you, through your light, can change us so that we can be people who are changed and live into the new way of being, that we don't have to live in the patterns of darkness, but that we can live in the patterns of this new light in us. So help us to always be aware of who you are and what you have done for us. God, you've sent your son to us to be and dwell among us, and we give you thanks for that. Help us to be always aware of that. We love you, God, and we're thankful. Be with us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray all these things. Amen and amen.